You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can also find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. This is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Today, I'll be joined by Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jags to talk about Jaguars, Gators, Connection, and then I'll be joined by Nick Faribault to talk about Gators on the Steelers, how they're doing, what their outlook is looking like this season. Welcome to YouTube. If you can't see, this is just like horrible right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And also, obviously, big news today, we're on YouTube. So check it out. Follow Locked On Gators there. Subscribe there. Let me know what you think. Go ahead. Just, just roast me. I'm already roasted in this heat wave. Also, if you have any fantasy football questions that you need answered before your draft, don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so that you don't miss it and submit questions now, submit them live, have some fun with it, go nuts, it's going to be awesome. All right, and welcome back to Locked On Gators. Joining me now is Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jags. You can find him on Twitter at Shop Talking Wig with two Gs. Uh, I love Locked On Jags. It's fun. Uh, he is also oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. a uh, sports analyst for First Coast News. How you doing, Tony? Man, I'm great. How are you guys? Everything going good? I mean, I, I, I can complain about anything, but like I try not to. Right, um, right. Glad to be on YouTube now. That's fun stuff. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, you, of course, have the Jacksonville market. Got quite a few Gators on the roster. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately for me, I know you're not a huge right. fan, but unfortunately for me and our listeners, uh, Tim Tebow got released earlier, well, for us earlier today. And that was just, that was heartbreaking. But. <laughs> Yeah, I know. First, let me give you let me let me just tell the people looking. I am a Seminole supporter. I did not go to Florida State, but I'm a Seminole supporter and I'm a what they call a gator hater in sports. However, my best friend played basketball for Florida years ago. Stacy Poole, we were high school teammates. So I've always sort of liked the basketball team, but the football team is it's a love hate thing with me. Here's one thing I never do, though, and and, and I'll promise this. And, and you can go check Lockdown Jaguars. I said some good things and check my Twitter about C.J. Henderson this weekend. Once a guy leaves college, I don't care where he played. I I, I can either be a fan or not a fan. For instance, um, I love Emmitt Smith, you know, and uh, Jacquez Green and Ike Hillier and all. Once they left school, <laughs> Javon Kurtz and all of those guys. So, when they leave school, I'm not biased anymore. It's just while they're in school, I try to beat up on them as much as I can. Yeah, that, that's I, I get it. Like, it, I feel like it's kind of silly to be like, oh, like, like Jameis Winston's like a talking point now because he's with the Saints and possibly QB one. It's like I feel like it's like silly to be like, oh, you went to Florida State, hate him. Like, 
who cares at that point? Like they're not there anymore. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And I know Fred Taylor real well. And Fred and I, you know, we consider each other friends. Uh, Jameis, however, is very, very funny to watch with his workouts. He ran through the machine the other day and uh, looked like an old lady trying to go through <laughs> the machine. It was, it was a funny. He's funny to us. So you know, it's it's always good to just to get some laughter, but. Really, once these young, I'm 52 years old. Most of these guys uh, that that are playing in this league, if they're under 30, they're young enough to be my son. So I, I really don't care about where they went to college. I just care about whether they're having a good career and can provide for their families and live their dreams. So, uh, with that being said, I can give you all of the information on any Florida Gator that's on the Jaguars roster that you want. Oh yeah, well I mean I'm starting with a Gator that's not on the roster. I'm starting with Debo still. Like that's okay. Yeah. We're still talking about him. I don't care. Uh, just what was, I guess, your impression of him? Because like, I we saw the blocks. We we saw the we saw. The, I'm sorry, the attempted blocks. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, we saw his development. But what was your thoughts on him getting signed to begin with, and then this whole experiment that went on between Tim and Urban Meyer? I can understand why Urban did it because uh, when you see Tim, he's yoked, he's jacked up. And folks are saying, well, he was 33, 34 years old. His body wasn't 33 or 34 because he has not had seven years of punishment like a lot of 33 or 34-year-olds in the NFL. The other thing is Urban won a lot with him. I mean, probably the best winning years of Urban's life came with Tim as quarterback. So uh, from that standpoint, I get it. However, coaches are also monolithically always talking about how every rep matters, how availability matters, how buy-in matters uh in the nfl urban just actually got fined i believe by the nfl uh for having guys practice too much or too long or too physical so if everything matters how can you give a guy who has been away for seven years a serious attempt to make the team because if he made the team and if he was dominant after being away from seven years for seven years then all of those things you've ever said about football and buying in and being available kind of isn't true anymore because a dude can just go try to hit knuckleballs for seven years and then walk right back into an NFL team, change positions, make the team, and actually make a substantial contribution. That just strikes against every single thing any coach has ever said. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, it was something where, like, we knew it wasn't going to work out. But I was, I've, I was pretty adamant where – I thought he was going to make the roster not off a of talent. Like that, that was so clear. Like tight end, I very openly said is one of the most difficult positions in football because you're asked to do so much. So to come in playing quarterback or not even playing quarterback, playing left field and then trying to come play tight end is nearly impossible. But like I thought he was going to make the roster just because one urban loves him. And two, I mean, gimmick plays like he he was the original Taysom, really, uh, and he could have been, but didn't work out, unfortunately. And I mean, it sucks. Well, let me tell you what my take is on that. And and I heard someone on local radio here today say the same thing, that Urban didn't put him in position to be successful. You got to design things for him. The football gods shined their light on the Jaguars this offseason with Trevor Lawrence. Right. Once in a generational player. Anything that you design for Tim Tebow takes the ball out of the blessings hand. So uh, that is just counterintuitive to do that. You get blessed with Trevor Lawrence and all of a sudden you're going to force and, and figure out a way to get the ball to Tim. Just think about it. He doesn't, he, he, 
at this stage of his career, he doesn't do anything better than at least three people at any position. He's not a better runner than any of the running backs. He's not a better thrower than any of the quarterbacks. He's not a better blocker or receiver than any of the tight ends that are on the roster. So it doesn't send the proper message that you take subjectivity out of it, and which that's Urban's term, that you're going to be able to do that and still uh, find a place for him on the team. It just didn't make sense. You shouldn't force it. And uh, kudos to him for trying to live out his dreams and his goals. But you have to put folks have to start now putting more respect on these other positions, because ever since he got into the league, people were like, make him a fullback, make him a linebacker, make him a tight end. And every fullback, linebacker or tight end that I've ever talked to goes, hey, don't just think a guy can just come and play the spot that it took me 15 years to master. That's not going to happen. So now you see he, he you know, he's big and built about the same size as Brock Lesnar <laughs> or or whatever. And guys were throwing them around like a ragdoll. They did it in practice. The other tight ends in one-on-one drills. One guy took him and just slung him around like he was a ragdoll. So it, it's uh, it takes more than big and strong. And a lot of NFL players, just like a lot of Navy SEALs and Special Forces guys, they're not muscular and cut. They're just strong. So one guy can look like uh, – Tarzan or look like but that doesn't translate all the time to football you just think about some of the greatest players you've ever seen and you've seen with their shirt off and you're like him yeah that's what football is a whole different beast it's not it's not bodybuilding it's not how you look it's how you play and your technique and all of that stuff so that's where he sort of fell short. yeah I used to have a coach when I played that uh he used to say look like Tarzan play like Jane like you could be built but like it if you're not pushing dudes around and you don't have the power then you don't have it but uh, we'll and it doesn't mean he's not, and it doesn't mean he's not strong. It just means functional strength and know how. Exactly, and, and that that's two different things. Yeah, and we'll be right back, and we are going to talk about C.J. Henderson next, Jawan Taylor, and if we got time, Taven Bryan. Think the Gators have a shot at the Natty this year? If you're confident, which I am, Bet Online currently has plus twenty eight hundred odds, and I'm just saying, I'm gonna take them. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website now or use your mobile device, which is how I like to bet, to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code LOCKED ON, that is L O C K E D, no space O N. All right, and we are back with Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars talking a few more Gators in the NFL. First up, C.J. Henderson. You know, you mentioned him earlier, how you said some positive things about him last week. I was on vacation, and then trade rumors came out literally the day after I got to vacation. So what are your thoughts on C.J. developing as a pro from his rookie year and the trade rumors that are... Well, first first of all, uh, the trade rumors got sort of shot down by the very person that put the rumor out. I did reach out to uh, a couple of personnel people around the league that I know Guys who basically told me if CJ was available, they would be interested and that the price would be extremely high. 
they said that they hadn't heard anything from anyone in the Jaguars organization. So I kind of pumped the brakes on that. But I think he's the most athletic corner and the most uh, has the he's the corner on the team with raw talent. And what I mean by that is there may be other guys that are more dependable and that have more experience. But they can't. CJ at his very best can do things that those guys couldn't dream about doing. I don't care how many days they spend in the gym. It's not going to happen. I saw him working out pre-draft at guarding Chad Ochocinco, who was running full speed, and CJ was running sideways and was with him stride for stride. He's just that athletic. And a coach like Urban Meyer, he he wants that talent on his team because those are the guys that make the plays in fourth quarters of NFC Championship games. So the bottom line is he's just an introvert from what I understand. He has a different personality. Uh, folks are talking about character. Character is when you show up in the police blotter or you slap people around. and it, it, That's not him. He's just a quiet kid who donated a quarter of a million dollars to his high school. He, he's just sort of introverted. But the thing with Urban is Urban has coaches that actually measure your competitiveness, your coachability, your drive, your want to, your warrior mentality. He does all of that to see if they fit his coaching style, right? So when you name all of that stuff and then you then go back and look at the fact that CJ is a little bit of an introverted personality, I don't know if it's a match made in heaven, but I think because of the talent, you're going to see Urban at least extend a little bit of an olive branch to say, come on into my way of doing things just a little bit and see if we can make this work. But I don't think it's a, a point of them not wanting him. I think it's really Urban didn't pick him. So it's like, is he the right fit for us? Yeah, and I mean, that's someone where uh, during the draft, I was on a live stream and I had a Jaguars fan with me. His name is Justin Treese. And uh, he immediately, when you guys took Campbell in the second round, he was like, you know, that he's like, that could be uh, that could be it for CJ. And I, I like he, I was like, no way. Like, there's no way you could do that. But he's like, he's not an urban guy. So you never know. And when the, 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 like, but, the <laughs> but the Campbell pick was. We, it was their first draft. The team was one in 15. They have an athletic profile of guys that they want and like. The Campbell pick was independent of what was already on the roster. It was like, no, Joe Cullen loves DBs. If you watch Baltimore play, sometimes they had six DBs on, on the field at one time. And um, sometimes even seven. Therefore, you can't get enough in the passing league that it is you can't get enough big tall physical guys that can run that fit an athletic profile like that so to me that's more or less what it was it had nothing to do with cj henderson it was just they wanted to ensure that they solidified the uh, defensive back it was the first it was one of the first two things that they identified that needed to be fixed defensive back and the defensive line and uh that's what he did so i don't think that should have been reflective of uh any feelings that they had towards cj I think it was more or less that they had a high ranking and a high grade on Tyson Campbell, who they all recruited while they were at Ohio State. And 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 Charlie recruited him to Texas. The kid was a five-star recruit out of South Florida. That stuff doesn't get out of your mind when you just came from college. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you guys also have Jawan Taylor, who was a second-round pick uh, last year or the year before that. And he honestly was a first-round talent, but he had a little – medical red flag to kind of drop them a bit. So I think you guys got to steal, but how has he been this training camp and how has his development been? The training camp has been great. He didn't play particularly well in the first preseason game. So I think they're just going to try to clean some stuff up so that he learns to transfer 
what happens on the practice field to be able to carry that over into the game. And that's something that young players seem to struggle with sometimes. Uh, they're working on things, working on things, and then they get under the lights. It's almost like Mike Tyson, like everybody has a plan until you get hit. And they get under the lights for game day, and then all of a sudden they revert to some old habits maybe. But I, I think Urban's really, really pleased with his training camp, and uh, he's going to start at right tackle for the Jags. And then you guys have one more Gator that I wanted to talk about. I mentioned last time, Taven Bryan, who I remember when he was in Gainesville, uh, it was Bleacher Report that was like, hey, Taven Bryan could be the next JJY. And I remember reading that as a Gators fan, and I was like, you are out of your mother, father, mind. I was like, you are insane. Mm -hmm. But how has he been? Because I feel like a lot of people kind of view him as someone who uh, hasn't reached his expectations to this point. Well, you're right. Whoever said that hit a dead on the head. He hasn't even come close to reaching his expectation. Uh, fans want him out of here. You know, you know how fans are. I'll get him out of here. But he uh, he hasn't been available to do anything until today. He came off of the I think Monday was his first day. He came off of the COVID-19 uh, protocol. And uh, when he reported the camp, he got a black eye and people were like, what happened? Did he get beat up? And it turns out, uh, I think Urban sort of hinted that he had been in some sort of accident. But uh, I haven't heard any reports of how he looked today. They're going to give him every single chance, like coaches always seem to do with big guys like that. And uh, all Urban you know, has to do to find out about him is go um, ask some of the coaches that coached him in the SEC or coached against him in the SEC that he's still cool with. He actually played uh, for McIlwain. I don't think I don't know if he ever really played for uh, the coach down there now, Mullen, but. The thing is, is 290 pounds with those workout splits that he had, you're always going to give it a, a shot. It doesn't hurt you to give him an equal opportunity to make the team right now because it doesn't cost you anything. Now, if he's on that roster the first week of the year, now his contract starts to get guaranteed. So they're going to give him probably a, give, him, give him a good shot to see what they can do, if they can motivate him. The defensive coordinator, as I mentioned, is Joe Cullen, who has a background with uh, defensive linemen. That's where he comes from. So we're going to, we're going to see what they what they can get out of him. I don't expect him to make the team. Just that's me. He he hasn't really shown anything uh, other than a few games at the end of 2019 where he looked okay. I, I tell you that you saying that means nothing compared to the next two, the next segment that we got coming up. Nick Farabaugh joins us and. Uh, not super high on the Gators that are currently on the Steelers. But thank you, Tony, for joining us. Don't forget to check out Locked On Jaguars. That is Tony Wiggins, Shop Talking Wig with two Gs on Twitter. Thank you. As we build anticipation for the football season, let's start building our bodies too. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. And I know a lot of people are all about coconut brownie chunk this, coconut brownie chunk that. I'm out. That's not my style. I'm more of a salted caramel guy. Also, if you're into like hot stuff, they have a hot one now. Like, <laughs> if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like me, no longer a problem, which thing because Miami demolished my stomach. <laughs> Just killed me. Bill Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. 
All right, welcome back to Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am joined now by Nick Faribault, who just two glorious buns on this screen. Like, you can't see it, but just, oh, you can, you can kind of no, see can. it. Just know, just know, just know. We're, we're out here with him. Um, we we yes, had to pull it together for the first episode. Uh, Nick, you can follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore Faribault, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, first episode. Uh, Nick is a Steeler and Pit writer for Pittsburgh Sports Now, NFL Draft for Pro Football Network, which is beautiful. Best draft simulator out there, by the way. Just want to point that one out. Uh, he's a production assistant for the ACC Network. He is a broadcaster for WPTS Sports, and he was on the whole nine sports live stream with us during the draft. So that was awesome. That was fun to do. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing really well, Brandon. You know, getting ready to talk some Gators. Right. Love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Gators, Steelers, <laughs> like we're here for it. Uh, yeah. yeah, Nick is the first of a few uh I guess NFL writers or team cover writers that uh, are gonna be on locked on Gators to talk about some Gators in the NFL. And Nick, we gotta talk about some Steelers. We got what I mean, I'm just gonna start off with the newest one just because great play in the first preseason game with his interception. Donovan Steiner, how's he been doing? You think he's going to make the roster at all? Any chance? What's going on with him? Yeah, well, I, I think Donovan, the thing with him is, you know, the Steelers don't have a ton of safety depth. I mean, that's the thing, right? So there is opportunity there. Um, it's kind of Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds. Trey Norwood's done, been really good, so he'll probably lock up the backup free safety spot, and then Killebrew's probably going to get the strong. I don't expect them to keep five safeties though because a lot of the guys they have like arthur millette and antoine brooks are also safeties corner they're corner safety hybrids so i think steiner what he's done though is you know he's made a few splash plays in practice he's made a few nice pass breakups um just had two yesterday actually as a matter of fact um he's done well i think to at least get himself on the practice squad and they're definitely going to keep one on the practice squad it's him and really one other person um in terms of the safeties fighting for the practice squad spot, I think he set himself up well. Obviously, the splash play in the preseason, that's always going to be good if you can really acclimate yourself to the game environment. Um, I, I think he's just a nice fit for their cover two type of scheme. He, he's he's willing in the run game. He's a smart player. He learns fast. You know, he got, he got moved up from the second team, was running a little bit of second team recently. Um, so I, I think Steiner is, has done himself well. He won't make the roster, but he's engaged in those special teams. I think he's a guy that definitely has his practice squad spot locked up. And, hey, if you're not going to make the roster, practice squad is the next best thing. So I think Steiner's going to end up uh, on the Steelers practice squad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, he's exceeded the expectations I had because when he went undrafted and he ended up being a Steeler, I was like, okay, cool, like great for him. And, you know, making a splash play early like because the first preseason game is like, Great. That's awesome for you. Uh, if he doesn't make, I mean, okay, sure. He could be a practice squad, get cut from the roster. Maybe he winds up signing somewhere else as an active roster for a team that has desperate safety. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for him just cause he's someone that yeah, we, we had no expectations for coming out. Um, and then another Gators at DB that you guys have is Joe Hayden. What's the word on him and his expectations? Because the man is timeless, by the way. I just want to point that. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's getting up there. I could not care less. Like, <laughs> I love Joe Hayden. He, he's that dude. So how's he doing in Pittsburgh this year? 
There's a lot um, of layers to Joe Hayden right now. Um, as you did say, yeah, he is getting older. I mean, he's 32 years old. And what he's done is already an outlier in the NFL. You just don't see guys who are 32 years old at the cornerback position still playing at the high level he does. And he kind of makes their wheels turn defensively. Now, Joe's kind of been taking it pretty slowly. He doesn't play a lot, quite frankly. You know, he'll do like a team period or two and then kind of dip. And the Steelers do that with a lot of their vets anyways. You know, Ben doesn't do a ton of work. Cam Hayward, like they all do a ton of work. Joe Hayden's in that boat now. Um, and, and he's, yeah, he's he's had a bit of trouble in camp at times, like Claypool and Deontay Johnson have beaten him a few times, but that seems to happen every year, and then it never translates into the season. Like, literally, every year since he's come on, we, we hear these reports, Joe Hayden getting toasted at camp, mm-hmm. and then when it comes to the season, Joe Hayden's not getting toasted, so I don't really have a concern about Joe Hayden at all, but I do think there's a layer to talking about kind of what his future is. He wants a new contract and he's obviously second on the totem pole there, right? Like TJ Watts got to get his deal. And then do they actually want to extend Hayden through like age 34, age 35 seasons? I mean, that would be risky, but Joe Hayden, I would expect Joe Hayden still be a very good cornerback in the NFL. He looks solid. He doesn't look any slower than he did last year. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, going to lose another step at least to say, um, so I think Joe Hayden, you know, I, I'm certain that he is going to still, even in his age 32 season, exceed expectations. It's just, well, after that, where are we going to go with Joe Hayden? Because, again, he does want that contract, and there's a lot of contentious circumstances that you would want to discuss around that. It's a little heartbreaking that, like, I, like we know he's getting up there, and he's just someone that for so long has been so good. And, like, early in his career, he was I, – I, I think he was very underrated because, like, he was a Brown and everybody was like, they suck. So everybody on the Browns sucks, which is like not how it works, but that's, that's how a lot went for him. And then now he's just constantly underrated because he's old and he's still outperforming those expectations. So he's someone who just is always like, I I love him and I'm always pulling for him because he seems like he's an underdog, even though he's good, or at least to me, he seems like he's an underdog, even though he's good. I think, you know, Joe is just the leader of the locker room now for the Steelers. He stepped up into a bigger role. I mean, listen, they had to release one of their two starting corners, and they chose to release the younger one in Steven Nelson. They kept Joe Hayden for a reason. And one, it's because Joe Hayden, I think Joe Hayden's career has been, I think in a lot of schemes, Joe Hayden would be bad right now. I really do. The Steelers, though, they don't require a ton from Joe Hayden. Like, he doesn't have to exert himself in these exotic coverages i mean they're very basic in what they do yeah they run some trap but that's a that's instinctual right that's just football savvy that joe has that he can use in that um even in man covers though you look like he was he was giving up negative epa like i love epa and joe hayden was one of the best corners in man covers last year i mean that's rare for a 31 year old to do and he is I don't know what Joe does. I need to ask him his routine because he's aged like wine. I think Joe Hayden is fantastic. You just have to worry about him falling off every year. But, man, he continues to defy the odds and improve everybody wrong. Joe Hayden continues to be a really, really good cornerback in the NFL. So I'm excited to see it, uh, just how it keeps going. And I think Joe is going to have another good year. All right, and then there's one more Gator that's a Steeler, and it's Chaz Green kind of saved him for the last. Uh, 
I don't want to say less, but not least, but I mean, if we're being honest, um, <laughs> Jazz Green's there. How's his camp been so far, and what are the expectations for him? Man, they brought him in late. Um, you know, the reason the, the only reason Chaz Green was brought in is because one of their other tackles, Jerron Jones, got into a legal situation, and he was released because of that. Um, and then they brought in Chaz Green. I mean, listen, there needs to be no undertones to this. Chaz Green was awful last year, um, perhaps the worst tackle in the league. I mean, that, that is not an understatement. He was awful. Um, so he's coming in, and yeah, the Steelers' O-line, it's young, it's new, but at the tackle position specifically, they like Zach Banner, they like Core 4, they just drafted Dan Moore, and they just signed Joe Haig to a two-year contract. So, you, you know, there's there's something Chaz Green has to do. He either, one, has to hope they keep a 10th O-lineman and show that he's versatile enough to be that 10th O-lineman. Or he has to hope maybe there's an injury or, or something, you know, that knocks him onto the roster. But I'm not even sure if he's the fifth fifth tackle. Um, it might be Aviante Collins, who's been, you know, decent at times in camp. And again, you know, the Steelers don't really have five good tackles. So maybe there's a chance. I mean, maybe Green can, can prove something, but he hasn't even been that great in practice. You know, he's been hurt every now and then missed a few days. Um, Chaz Green has been Chaz Green. I mean, he really has been what you would expect of him. Um, I don't expect him to make this roster. Um, they just have better guys. Um, I think Haig's better. I think Dan Moore clearly has more upside. Uh, he'll be the swing tackle. Um, and then I'm not even going to talk about the starters. He's not even on Banner or Four's stratosphere. Um, and those guys aren't world beaters. I mean, to be quite frank with you. Um, so I, I can't see Chaz Green making this team. Now, maybe he shows enough to get other teams to bite or – Maybe he's the Steelers, you know, speed dial guy in case they do get a bad uh, flurry of injuries at the tackle position. But it's really tough for me to see Chaz Green making the Pittsburgh Steelers. He just doesn't bring – he's running with the third team. He just doesn't bring much to the table. That, that's all I'll say. He was bad. He still is bad. What do we want bad linemen on the team? They might only keep eight. I mean, they might only keep eight. So I can't see Chaz Green cracking the roster. Yeah, all right. There we go. Thank you for your brutal honesty on Chaz Green, Donovan Steiner, uh, giving us a little bit hope for uh, Joe Hayden to continue having just his or continue his stellar career. Or I'll say it's stellar. I don't care. Fight me about it. It's my show. Uh, thank you, Nick. Uh, again, everybody can follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore Faribaugh. And yeah, thank you so much. Check out his work. He's the best out there. That about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me tomorrow as we have the cornerback episode. So don't want to miss that one. Um, once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports is W H O L E N I N E Sports. Be sure to check out Locked On Auburn, hosted by Zach Blackerby, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Zach is absolutely crushing it in every single way. Unfortunately, Auburn won't be this year or any year, really. <laughs> Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling, who's a handicapping expert, by the way, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's 
lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.